Definitely. <laughs> what are you like, nigga number three? <laughs> I mean, in the depending on the room. All right, let's. Oh, we're live. Oh my god. Hey guys, welcome to Babe Talk. We're live this week with Neil from the Great Heights Band. Everyone say hi to Neil. Hi. Hey, hello. Hi. Holla, 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 holla. All right, now we got we got Eric with us this week. Toodles. We got Alex North this week. Hey. And we have Shana Davis this week. Hey. Davidson. I'll never, you know, it's Shayna. It's Shayna D. There we go. Shayna D. That everybody. works. Hey, what's going Shana on? I'm D. Ollie and I never get anything right. So let's <laughs> jump into the show. Every week we start off the show by asking our group how their day was. And this week, I don't think I'm going to ask Alex because I already know what he's going to say. So we'll start with Shayna. Uh, I'm better now that I'm somewhat not sick anymore, sort of. Um, my class got canceled, so that was really fantastic. Oh, what class? Contemporary International Cinema. Ooh, so like what films do you guys study? We studied, well, we, it's a different movie every single week, and then we write a paper about it. Actually, my paper was due at 6.30, so that's really awkward. Um, uh, we watched... Shout out to Professor A. Ooh, we watched <laughs> Boyhood, we watched Dazed and Confused, uh, we watched The I Budapest. It was so good! Sorry. No, no, no. Oh, no. We, we, we are a discussion podcast. Jump right in when you feel like that. <laughs> Sorry, watched... I interrupted. <laughs> I forgot what the... We watched a documentary about some lady that took photos her entire life and then died, and then some kid found them because they were in a storage locker. And it was actually really interesting. She was a really, really good photographer. She did, like, life shots. So, like, people walking on the subway and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I don't know what we... I don't know what we were supposed to watch today, but I didn't. <laughs> when you said she was a woman who took pictures her whole life and then died, I was like, oh, so a photographer? <laughs> okay. Well, she wasn't. She, no, one, no one knew she was a photographer until she died. Uh -huh. She was a nanny her entire life. And a really, really mean woman. <laughs> oh. According to the documentary. So, like, you pretty much just said, like, oh, she took pictures and then deserved to die. <laughs> no, she supposedly beat the children and force fed them. So, so she was the uh, so she was the anti Mary Poppins, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, basically. I'm just saying, Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. Just like the only thing she, she did, I take with the ones I heard. It's like I don't know, kids are kind of rough, man. You kind of sometimes need to like and, force feed. And here's them. some, and here's some leaves. Here's a picture of some people walking. Oh, there's a bunch of kids getting beat. Let's go buy those. Go buy those. Go buy those. Some more leaves. It's like, oh, sorry. Oh, you weren't supposed to see those at all. Oh, my God. So speaking of future parents, hey, Eric. Oh. Hey. Hey, hey Dad. So today, it's Daddy. And so today. Okay, okay Daddy. Um, it's, uh, yes. All it's, night. All my dreams all are coming true. It is solid. <laughs> It is uh, only like so, five yeah. minutes into the show. Five minutes? No, three. We didn't make it to five <laughs> yet. <laughs> hey, America, well, what's up? I went to work. I put together a car seat. Well, I watched my wife put together a car seat. <laughs> You're awful. Um, you made your pregnant wife put together a car seat? No, she made me not do it because I'm terrible. <laughs> so let me show you how it's done. Uh, and so, uh, no, then I uh, practiced some acoustic guitar for a little little acoustic sesh. It's going to happen this weekend. No big deal. No big deal. You're playing, an acoustic, you're playing an acoustic set? Well, just a sesh. Just a little recording, little, you know. Oh, yeah? You know. No, you, you know, you know. Just a little Is it for your hip hop touch? 
Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> Eric, 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 I spent like 15 minutes the other day listening to your hip hop record. Oh and no! I was. God. God damn it! I was. We I was smiling. I, I was smiling ear to ear the entire time. See, it was so. It it just it took me from here to like here. It was. Oh, awesome. I bet it did. <laughs> Every you. No, this was great. Neil uh, Neil asked me to. I think I mentioned it or he's whatever, and he asked for it, so I sent it to him. Most of the time, I send it to people, um, and they're always like, I'll be like, yeah, it sucks, and they'll be like, actually, I really like this. I really like this, but deep down, I know that the music was cool, but, like, the vocals were garbage. And Neil goes, yeah, man, I really, this is cool. It's making me smile. Always vague compliments. He's like, and you know what's really good? The music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Aaron. I think, you, I think you might have mentioned that compilation um, a while ago, and I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Like, like we definitely do need a show showcase that one night. Like oh, one God. night that we're having like a dis like a group discussion instead of having like a, a our an artist show showcase we're gonna have Eric shit showcase and you can and you can play it and every song you can go so what what happened here <laughs> what what happened why, why, why so doesn't this awful? work why do why doesn't this work <laughs> and well, the best I need part to is all because I'm not gonna shit on it because apparently Neil said that it was good so. <laughs> the music was good the music he said he said I it said made it made me smile. smile it made me smile. <laughs> Oh, dear Lord. Alex North, how was your day, bud? Oh, uh, well, instead of talking about my day, I'm going to talk about something that happened in the last, like, week or so. So, I went and I did my first interview for Babe Talk with uh, Brayden of Say We Can Fly at my local hey. venue. And it was a very weird experience after the interview because, like, the interview went well and everything. And it was like, you know, he was a really cool guy. But then, like, afterwards, like, when there was the actual, like, show and stuff like that it was just like there were so many 13 year old girls there that i towered over everybody oh i forgot about that yeah and, 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 and didn't you witness a rape or something excuse me <laughs> that's totally the voice no. did not match the words that you just said yeah that got dark real quick <laughs> excuse you excuse you this but, podcast uh, is a Oh my god. Go that on. tone of voice didn't match the actual word. But, uh, but, but, no, I'm sorry. It was, in, it was in I'm sorry, it was in the chat and it's not an actual rape. Was... Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> so what was but, it? Uh, it, oh my god. But, but what happened Alex, was that what happened was is that so I was at the the show and it was just like it was really weird just because like you would have like these like 13 and 14 year old girls yelling these like really sexual things at like the band members like i want you to spit on me and stuff like that and it's just like what the fuck oh. and, and, and you see all these like girls parents like in the back in like the bar and they're all like getting hammered and it's like what the fuck am i doing with my life you know like like i took my daughter to the show and now you know they're fucking practically throwing themselves on you know these not even like throwing themselves, asking to be like not not just throwing like specific <laughs> fetishes. They want a specific yeah. fetish done to them. They want to be spit on. Like who wants that? Yeah, it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it's fucking warm beautiful. people. Nah. Alex, Alex, you have like a tendency to go to like shows that are geared for like younger girls. Like I'm not that's gonna because, hate. That's like, that, that's because thirteen year old girls have the best taste in music. I mean, they do. <laughs> Come on. Mm. Like, I'll, oh, I'll no, that's a good way to dodge that, 
You dodged that question that, well, that, that Alex. Know, Alex is a huge fan of, of Fifth Harmony, and I'm not going to lie. I like Fifth Harmony, but I'm way too, like, tall and black to ever be at those shows ever. But, like, oh, Alex somehow, like, still fits within the demographic somehow. <laughs> Which is weird, because Fifth Harmony sounds like a 90s R&B group. <laughs> I know, right? right? Yeah, they do. You wouldn't imagine that it would be, be like, like... Well, they have a song that's a, uh, they have a song that's a tribute to Mariah, so, you know. So that's they close enough. Drawn <laughs> close enough. She's ethnic. <laughs> yeah, close enough. She's something. Oh, my God. Oh, right. Neil, our guest for tonight. Yo. How was, how was your night, sir? Or your day? How was your day? Or your past week? It was excellent, man. It was good. Good. Uh, went to Golden oh. West Cafe in Baltimore. Maybe Eric knows what that is. Ate some amazing food. Did some writing. You you don't know what that is? What? I don't I don't eat in Baltimore unless it's like at the venue. Wow. <laughs> like, I just know the music. You're just you're, but tell you're us a county about boy. It. I, I guess you're a whole, county boy then. Yeah. Dude, called that my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more I'm more of a city boy. But uh, yeah, man, it's like hipster neighborhood in Baltimore, arts district. You know, okay. chill. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a chill day. I'm really stoked to be here with you guys tonight. Yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a fucking blast. So you said that you are writing, is that true? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> you just so, said so you like, were writing. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah yeah. So today so today uh, my uh, my part time gig to make money beyond music is I'm a writer. Um, so I write uh, like political nonsense uh, for people. <laughs> yeah. So are we, are we talking like? The Bush fifth family incest nonsense, or like <laughs> <laughs> no, like usually people give me like a really crazy complex problem, and I'm supposed to like come up with crazy ideas to solve it. Nice, that's and actually right about it. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, so that's it's a good that's way to like, pay the bills. There you go. So basically, like a think tank, right? More or less, more or less, yeah. Well, that definitely just goes like <laughs> above my head. So, <laughs> but that's also that that you're able like, like you know find another thing to keep you going besides the music thing. To, to yeah, no, I mean it's it's well, it's more so. So I've been a writer for a while, but it's more so like a technical, like boring gig that you know pays my bills and I can help solve some problems, which is cool. But I'm more of like a creative writer, which is where I get um, where I where I love, which is why I love music. You know, uh, it's just a completely way of looking at things. There you go. And we will go into your songwriting style and everything else later in the show. But right now, let's just move on with topics. And we'll swing over to our work Tour correspondent, Alex North, who has the past two lists available for us since last week we thank worked you, thank on you. air. I apologize, everyone. Yes. But Alex North, take it away with who we uh, All right. So two weeks ago, we had uh, Bebe Rexa, Emma Rosa, The Karma Killers, MC Lars, Mod Sun, Pup, and 68. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Then, I love Pup. I do, too. Pup's awesome. And then this week, this week, we have Alvarez Kings, Moose Blood, New Beat Fund, and Paris. So, those are all the bands we got for... Isn't it Privis? Is it Paris? Well, it, it was Paris, but then they had to, like, because of, like, legal stuff, they had to, like... Privis. They had to, like, take the A and, like, flip it upside down and take, yeah. like, the line out of it, but it's still There's Paris. a rapper named Paris. Yeah. Which is There's a rapper I... named Transit. Really? I, I didn't yeah. know there was a rapper named Transit. Yeah, really? I've seen him live. He's actually really good. Santa, you know you know about about, about the hip-hop? Um, I was working <laughs> the show, so I was getting paid to be there, so... <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I was That's getting paid to be were part you, part of the hip hop community. Were you yeah. like that um the security guard in that famous photo of Black Veil Brides who's just like, uh <laughs> No, that that would be that. I that's how my face was the entire time. I was just like, oh, and then I was wearing a transit hoodie, oh. which was really awkward. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's fantastic. I forgot you, that you I should have just like been like yelling at him. Play long lost friends. Just, like, <laughs> the poor guy. Would have been like absolutely. He, he he knew he knew who transit was, and he was he trying to tell me all of Young New England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just, just wrapped like, it. See him like grabbing a mic. I would have loved to see that. I would have enjoyed. I would have enjoyed to see someone rap transit. Well, just ask fucking Maddie from fucking A Lost in Words. He'll have time to do shit. Oh, he's so great. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. No, it's, it's, I, uh, I don't. I, I really don't like them for whatever reason. You sound like a such a disappointed words? dad when you don't like a band. I, you don't I, like transit. Mo- mostly, no. I like transit. No, I can deal with, 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 with transit. But like he's like very he's very Boston and it just like bugs me a little bit. I don't know. What? Like, <laughs> it just bugs me. You're very <laughs> Jersey and that really bugs me. Oh girl, look who is that on the show next week? <laughs> Shit, where'd Gina go, guys? I can't fucking find her. <laughs> but, there, but there is a story. I remember it was the first um, acoustic ba- basement. This is actually the real story why I don't don't like a loss for words and I really shouldn't because it's just Maddie, but. Um, <laughs> it was the first acoustic I basement that. that I was, yeah, and then t- you're gonna tell them that, like, oh, my boss, Ollie, doesn't fucking like you. I'm not gonna say that. Continue, I'm sorry. A, it was the first acoustic basement that Man Overboard was on, and I was, re- this was, like, when I first started drinking the pop-punk Kool-Aid, and I was all like, yeah, I need to see, like, everything Man Overboard does, and I was really excited to uh. see them for a second time at the acoustic basement at Camden, um, Warped Tour. So I was waiting for them to come on, but I needed to sit through a loss for words, which I saw them once before, and I was like, all right, they're kind of a cool. And then, like, fucking Maddie, 15 minutes late, just comes over to the to the tent, and, like, no shirt, which it's worked towards hot, but it just made him look like a douche, and I was just mad because I'm like, oh, I gotta fucking sit here and wait. And he's like, oh, sorry, guys. I had to go talk to everybody else. Oh, someone told me the wrong time. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna sit here and sing acoustic songs. And he, like, stood the entire time and moved back and forth, like, like, like he was fucking tweaking, and it drove me crazy. Like, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's called like drugs. Music. It's like, called yeah, drugs. Yeah. He, he was doing drugs. He was doing drugs in the fucking back of his trailer, but I mean, just like... <laughs> Just this acoustic set, just moving back and forth like the entire time. Just like, yeah, I'm just like, Shh, stop, stop. It's acoustic. Yeah, it's man. supposed to be nice and mellow. Cocaine's and a hell of a drug, man. It really is. Especially yeah, right? The first Lost for Words album was really good, though, and I felt like gradually, like it got like more and more boring, sort of from there. But uh, I, I like his solo stuff a lot. I know that he did. Uh, he recorded stuff with uh, Chris Kirkpatrick from InSync, so. Mm-mm. Are we talking about about the R and B album that he put out, Class of '92? <laughs> because I got so mad at that. Like, <laughs> you didn't like Class of '92? Come on. He, I, oh, it was. I. You know what? Come on, Ollie. This is gonna sound really bad. I probably shouldn't give this opinion because it's not like my true definition. But like, I, oh, I saw boy. this just white boy trying to do R and B, and I'm just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Maddie. You're nobody. But like, oh I, I do know that like a loss for, for for words was very predominant like when they were like you know touring and everything and they were good every time i saw i saw them live they were good but there was like just always the image of maddie just like darting back and forth during an acoustic set late that just kind of set set me back but it yeah, well, he's, a, he's, he's a hardcore kid at uh at heart so you know 
You know those hardcore. He went kids to this is hardcore. The, yeah. Oh yeah. He they, gave they, a they shout out to uh, Joe Hard, Hard Hardcore during the um, one year's weekend. Who is the individual this, that puts together all the um, this is hardcore in Philly? Okay. I forget. So yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's like me, yeah, but yeah. So that's that. That's that. So speaking of like warped toward pe people, um, MC Lars is one of the like pop punk, not pop punk, the warped toward vets that I always enjoy yeah. seeing at warped tour. Is there any other warped tour? Which vets is that crazy that he is now. Sorry. Which is crazy that he's now a warped tour. That blows my mind. I know. Completely. Bro, it's very. It's very the, bizarre. Well, he sampled like, Piebald in some of his songs, so it's like... Well, I don't mean because of that. Sense. I mean because I'm so old. Because, <laughs> like, last... I remember his first time at Warp Tour, and, like, to me, a Warp Tour vet is, like, no effects and bad religion. Yeah, that's and, right. And, like, you could even argue... At this point, you could even argue, like, less than Jake or Annie Flag, but, like, like for that next generation. But knowing that MC Lars, that people consider him, like... Uh, but yeah. you're right. Because for the last five years, he's been on it and consistently. Um, I thought you're not he, allowed to. Has he ever to. been on the main stage? Huh? I thought there I, was a rule you're not so allowed to be on Warp Tour. I'm pretty sure that if you're on Warp Tour, I, he might have taken last year off and okay. like did like the prior two years, but he's been on Warp Tour like clear over six times, I think. Actually, yeah. MC Lars has only been on Warp Tour two times. This is going to be a second year. I knew it. I knew it. Wait, are you sure? He, the last time must have been like four I'm years ago. I'm, I'm positive. The, I love that Alex the, the band, is here. He's the, a the bands with the most the bands with the most appearances on Warp Tour are uh, no effects. Well, not in general, but I mean like for this year, the bands with the most appearances that okay. are the most veteran Warp Tour bands are you won't guess who it is. Black Veil Brides, Bless the oh. Fall, Escape the Fate, and Family Force Five have all. This is their fourth <laughs> year. Wow. Nobody's been on Warp hmm. Nobody's been on Warp Tour more, and uh, Matchbook Romance, Mod Sun, and The Wonder Years are all second Weird. place. But... I was gonna oh, say wow. when, when, I, when I think of Warp Tour, I think of No Effects, MXPX, Lagwagon, Pennywise, all that shit. Blackville, yeah. Brides, and Bless the Fall. Blackville, well, Brides are the show... I think that just goes to show uh, the prevalence of uh, Metalcore. That's just in, in alternative music. Like, it's gonna right me. now, that's what's the shit. Like, that's what's a couple years before then. You had your man overboard going, and, like, everybody wearing uh, uh, Defend Pop Punk shirts. I'm what? still there. <laughs> I haven't left that. Nope. Every well, year, feels like I'm saying, we're all gonna, you're all going to be as old as me a lot sooner than you think. <laughs> How old are you again? Six months from now. I love that sentence. How old are you again? I, I forget. I'm Neil's... I'm, I'll tell you, I'm Neil's age. <laughs> we old heads. Yeah, we, we old heads. <laughs> I think you might be older than me. Yeah, like I just turned 29. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're older than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it feels like with Metalcore, like, it was, like, really predominant for, like, a while back in, like, 2007, oh, 2008. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, a, like, around that. So I think that that's why you have, like, Bless the Fall and Escape the Fate and, uh, not Black Veil Brides, because Black Veil Brides is a more, like, newer band, I guess, but, like, yeah. but, like, at least Escape the Fate and Bless them. the Fall, they had, like, two years, like, back when, back with, like, you know, Ronnie and, uh, Craig back in the day, yeah. and now they're sort of, like, because now they're, like, you know, the old metalcore bands, I guess, you know? Uh, I it's, love Bobokin. It's like, sort of, like... I hate Craig Mabbitt, I hate Ronnie, and I love... 
fucking wait, Hoboken. Wait, do people not like Ronnie Radke? What are we? What? When did that happen? Wait, I know. Are you talking about artists that that did shitty things, but we can try and differentiate their music. Oh, what a segue! I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about rappers who are somehow worse than me. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's a great segue. That was a, that was a fantastic segue. So True. the next subject that we'll go into is recently Adam Lazara got in a car intoxicated and decided it was cool to drive home. As many of you guys know, I'm very against it. I'm pretty sure a lot of you are against it. And, and listeners at, at home, you even might be against it. So when you hear of like one of your favorite artists that kind of don't do no wrong, do very wrong, it's kind of hard to differentiate the, the person between the music. Because I will now say, yo, fuck Adam, that's awful. That's a very awful decision for him to make. But take it back Sunday, though. So like... <laughs> So like, what what do you guys what do you guys think? Like, are we to hate the band that they're a part of, or are we still cool to like like, like you know listen to the fronted band, sing along to his voice, and still hate him? Because I'm I'm still very fuck him. Like, there is no there there's no reason for it. He's he's at that level in which he could have listen the whole time in Philly. We rode Ubers. Uber's like, yeah. like it was our own cars for free. I don't think we paid for like one of them because we had a fucking system. We had a fucking beautiful system. So like an artist at his level should never ever have the need to get into any type of vehicle intoxicated and this drive is, it. This is how I see it as people make mistakes. Um, and I understand, you know, he's 40 maybe, I think. Um, and he probably should know better. Um, but... <laughs> But people do. Like, people, like... His kids probably I, know better. Literally. But, like, I made the mistake. Like, I didn't realize how much I had drank. And I drove home from Philly to Jersey. And I completely, 100% regret it currently, right now. But I didn't realize it until I got up and go, hmm, I don't remember how I got home. So it's like, we all make mistakes. And, like, thank God I didn't hurt anyone. And thank God I didn't get pulled over. And so on and so forth, but like, you know, I just, first of all, I love Taking Back Sunday, and like, I still like Front Porch, like, and I still like a whole bunch of bands. I don't care what they personally do, I like their music. Yeah, I mean, I think that, it, like, I think he made a huge mistake, I agree with Shana, Shana but it's, it's really about how he reacts to the situation that's really going to make him whoever he is, because he has a platform to really make a difference with people because people actually listen to him. Um, so if he comes back from this and, like, A, goes to court and, like, goes to the system and then faces whatever punishment, assuming he's guilty, um, that they dole out to him and then uses it as an, as an opportunity to educate people, um, he could come out ahead. Uh, and I think that it's, like, a DUI. I, like, just about every... No. <laughs> It's starting to get real, and Google said, nah, we can't continue this conversation. Yeah, no, it's like, listen. <laughs> All right, Neil, can you bring your point back one more time? You started to cut out. Oh, I did? Um, yeah, I like, completely. But, yeah, Only basically. He could come out ahead. He could come out, if you know what I mean. No, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he could come out ahead if he, if he, uh, if he uses the opportunity to, um, and uses his platform to educate people and to help people make better choices. Yeah, and like, he could basically do exactly what I did, except he would make a difference because he's someone important. Like, <laughs> what, say what I get a like, 
What about, like, in circumstances where it's not necessarily somebody, like, breaking the law, but it's, like, them doing shady stuff and just overall, like, being an asshole? Because I like think Johnny that Craig? I think that... I think there's a difference between somebody who does something that is, like, illegal and just, like, screwing people over. And being both a both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. like... Like, the first guy that pops into my mind when I'm thinking about uh, guys who are, you know, who, who don't shit do heads? anything illegal, but they're shitheads, is uh, the guy from, uh... does anybody remember the band Make Me Famous? That was yes. Like a... It's a really they direct had... band name, though. Wait, was it the yeah. fake right. band guy? It's very Wait, clear. What? Him? The fake band guy? Fake band guy. Fake band guy. Alright, then I'm thinking it's always... How do you not think of Johnny Craig? Like, how is that not the first thing to come to your head? Well, I mean, I think of this guy just because I know that he, like, screwed over his entire, like, band and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I guess Johnny Craig did too, but... Yeah, like... Yeah, so then you can lump them all in. Yeah, yeah, that's... Okay. Well, so, when I think of that, I think of a much bigger artist, Kanye West, who you could argue does some really shitheaded things... But I love his music so much, so much, that I I posted, I tweeted, it was something like, um, uh, I was like, oh, what would Kanye have to do to cancel out his musical genius? Like, what would he have to do? And um, I found it right here. My friend posted, he goes, um, get on stage wearing a Hitler costume while supporting the GOP. (laughs) Then he remixes Beck's music while calling Obama a racist. To which I replied, yeah, but that Beck track would still be hot, though. (laughs) It'd still be so good. Like, Accurate. I, it's really hard to, for me, it's, if the music is good enough, I can, in almost any situation, I can just go, no, I love the art, the art isn't the artist, um, it, but it's, it'd be very hard. But if it's like a, a band that I casually listen to, and they do something not necessarily against the law, because I, I don't necessarily agree with every law, but if they do something I think is immoral or makes them kind of a shitty person, if I'm a casual fan... I might just go, you know what, I'm not going to bother trying to listen to them or, yeah. or continue listening to them because it's not, it's not worth it. I'm not already invested. Yeah. I guess it does depend on the level because, like, this is, this is going to be really dramatic of me, but I'm a girl, so it's fine. Um, but, like, when I found out, I think this was a rumor, but Craig Owens uh, broke up Pete Wentz and Ashley Simpson, and I completely wrote off Chiodos. I was like, fuck Craig Owens, fuck anything he's ever done. I'm so angry with him, and I still have not listened to anything Craig Owens have done. Cinematic Sunrise, though. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) He he broke, like, you you don't understand, like, I let Ashley Simpson into my heart because of (laughs) P.Y.N., and she just fucked shit up. That's hilarious. Um, I'm like a lifer. Like, it's serious. And I have a ballway tattoo. For for real, did you ever hear... um... Uh, Pete Wentz on Howard Stern talking about his like the intimate details of his relationship while he was still with Ashley Simpson. No. Yeah. Good. How did I uh, miss just, that? You can YouTube it. He talks all about anal sex and champagne rooms. I don't know yeah. if I want to hear that. Stern, What's better? What What's better than that? What's better exactly. than anal and, and then, champagne room? Well, I'll tell you what's he not better. He like a dad, though. Like, I don't want to yeah, know. I'll tell you what's not better is after that episode aired, there's a clip from his from a Fall Out Boy show that night where he goes, Howard Stern made me, to the audience, Howard Stern made me say some stuff I probably shouldn't have said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, man. Yeah, you totally he was just fantastic. He's just, like, the best thing ever. Um. Oh, oh. let's let's throw Pete Wentz with this conversation. No. I, I love... Oh, what? 
Because, th- because um, and this isn't necessarily a Pete Wentz thing, but he opened that bar that was knowingly letting underage kids drink in there. Uh, yeah, but did he know that, down. or was that the manager's fault? Well, let's let's say that let's say that let's say he did know because he did an interview say I want this to be a bar where you can come in and not bring your ID. Um, but let's say he did. Okay, no, we don't necessarily. Yeah, but let's. But here's the thing, though. I don't even. I that doesn't make me hate him. I don't give a shit. That sounds perfectly fine to me. But what do you all think? Like with someone of that level that we have, I imagine at least most of us have a deep connection with that band in. I mean, I, I have zero opinion. I'm totally biased. Yeah, from what you had said earlier, with like, like you know, it depends on the law. Underage drinking to me, like you know, nah. There are other countries that let kids underage drink, or you know, drink normally. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you go to Italy, you see five-year-olds downing wine, and be like, "More, please," and be like, "Oh, well, shit, that this... that might be child neglect. That situation I there." Like... <laughs> but I mean, like, but I see your point. Little... Yeah. I feel like uh, definitely like a lesser case of like all of this because obviously she didn't really do anything illegal and she really didn't like partake in that that much asshole behavior. It's just like from time to time she's kind of a jerk is uh, my bae Ariana Grande. I mean, I have to bring her up here because I have a very love-hate relationship with her. What, like, what, is, what does she even do? Well, she's she, a diva. Well, first thing. Yeah, she, yeah she's a diva. Is that a same? <laughs> Tyga. No, no what's, Tyga. what's her boyfriend? What's oh, her Big boyfriend? Sean. Big, Big Sean. Sean. Big Sean. That's what she, she does. Dates she dates Big Sean. Yeah, she dates Big Sean. That Big... beautiful girl dates Big Sean. Yeah, Big hey, Sean's hey, been hey, on hey, two of her albums. Big Sean. Big Sean's alright. Big Sean's alright. <laughs> I don't know. I just picture. I picture her dating someone like One Direction. Oh man. She dated the uh, singer from The Wanted, and she dated one of the guys from the Janowskians. You know, you know, if she was dating One Direction, you know how they'd sleep together? She would stay in one spot, and then they would rotate like they do when they do songs at their live show. Like when we just step up and go for 30 seconds, and then back up. Oh my god. Are you introducing a one? One Direction, Ariana Grande, Gang we'll call it, we'll call it, we'll call it okay. the One Direction. The One Direction. I can't top that, to be, but there needs uh, to be fanfic. If anyone the One Direction. If Will is listening to this, he needs to write fanfic. Did you, I'm going to give him his assignment tonight. Did you say a One Erection? Because that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. But basically, uh, so, or I was thinking fun. Wonder Erection, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, you know, she's been a diva and stuff like that, and I feel like every time that she starts to, you know, be an ass and sort of, like, plastic and stuff like that, it feels like every time she does something like that, she does something good that kind of drags me back in. Like, it's like, oh, she says all of her fans should fucking die, then she drops a great (laughs) album, you know? (laughs) Wait, wait, was that an actual quote that she had said? I wish Yeah, I think so. Apparently, apparently so. Apparently so. She's How old is she? She's uh, like 20, 21, I think. Yeah. When did she's, she she's get famous? Young. How many years ago? Uh, she was on uh, Victoria. Victoria. Victorious, yeah. But it's like I don't know for a while. It was what like what the hell know. that is. What what year? It's a Nickelodeon show, probably like from like three or four years ago. A little bit after okay. iCarly. A little bit after iCarly, but yeah. well, just a little bit. The, there's a pretty popular theory about um, about celebrities or people who get rich and famous um is that the year that they get like the age whatever age they they are drug addiction alcohol abuse whatever age you are 
happens uh, is the last year you mature until right. all the yes people go away. Because why would you have a reason to mature? Everything is going just fucking fine for you acting exactly how you're acting, which is uh, why they say, like, you may notice um, money and fame doesn't affect older people as much as it does younger because you just stay at that spot because you huh. have no no more room to grow. I feel like There's she was no so chill, though, when she, like... She, she she was like really like sweet though when like that first album dropped, but it's like after that like around the time that the second album started coming out, you know, she started with you know all this this diva nonsense, and it's like I, I get sick well, of Alex, it for a little bit, and then I go to Fifth Harmony. Alex got sick of your shit, Ariana Grande. And, and but, yeah. but then all of yeah, a sudden, but then all of a sudden, it's 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 like she comes out with like a new music video, like the music video for uh, One Last Time that just dropped the other day, and now I'm in love with Ariana Grande again, you know, after sort of taking a little bit of break from her, so. Alex North, I will give it to you. You're, like, one of the only people that will, like, you know, study an entire, like, you know, group of people and or artists' life when they get into their music. You like Alex, by the way, Big Sean just threw his headphones across the way threatened right now. Big he's Sean's like, I don't fuck with you. He's gonna find you on Twitter and he's gonna start a war. <laughs> you little stupid ass bitch. Yeah, no, he's gonna. You. He's gonna Is DM he, you. He's that song? Like, Listen, man, I'm really. Yeah, that, yeah, that's please, it. please stay away. Please. That, that, yeah, that's a song. I like can't. He was on I that Fall Boy track, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I can't like not crack up every time I listen. Like every time I listen to that song, I just crack up. It's a man. Like, it's a it's a rap song. It's not. It's a real song. Yeah, it's a real song. It's real. Like, it's, that, 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 listen stupid. to Shayna, it's real. It's you also laugh streets. every time you listen to Jason Derulo because, like... Jason Derulo. I just listen to oh. Jason Derulo just to, hear his, just to hear him say his name and then immediately turn off the song. That's he actually doesn't like that. He wanted to take that out. I don't know why I know this, actually. He wanted to take it out and someone told him, no, you have to leave it in. Are you secretly a Jason Derulo fan? I don't know why I know that. It's like when anyone else, like, it's, it's hysterical because, like, people think, like, we won't know who sings a song if they don't sing it in the beginning of it. Jason like, Derulo has like, no discernible traits. Pitbull screams his name every, like, you know, 15 seconds just so that you know it's, like, it's Motherfucker, I just bought your record. I know. <laughs> the I looked at the cover. Every, I got it. Every goddamn song. I know. You could put Jason that under a list of things that literally nobody has ever said ever to Pitbull. I just bought your record. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's why. Nice. He's like, oh, fuck, you know? <laughs> Pitbull, oh, uh, Mr. I, Worldwide, I coming on vinyl. <laughs> Sorry. I would buy that. <laughs> oh, God, I'm trying to think of what was the other um, other subject that I wanted to discuss before moving on to um, Neil's. I usually write down everything before a show. Of course, the one why thing wouldn't I you write it write down? down? I don't know. Well, I, there was Warped Tour why stuff. Why would you there kick was... them all these down? <laughs> there, there was Warped Tour stuff. There was bands being... Stupid. Oh, stuff. okay. So, so the music stuff that I want to, to touch oh, on. Oh, the Spotify what? stuff. Spotify stuff. Um, uh, Neil, you, you're an artist. Eric, you're an artist. Shayna, Alex, you're with me and not being an artist and learning and progressing our knowledge of everything else with music. You um, suck. We recently we suck. We just put the we, we, <laughs> yeah whatever. Um, so Spotify. Earlier today, I saw one of my panelists um discuss whether Spotify actually helps or hinders a artist's career or a band's career. Um, of course we know that Spotify takes out X amount of royalties and gives X amount of royalties back to you when you put a song <laughs> on their service. And same as with other um, 
YouTube serv or um, music ser services that divvy your music out to different services like Rap, Rhapsody, um, YouTube, because there's where they pick up their copyright infringement stuff. Um, so, with Nia, we'll start with, with you. From, from an artist's perspective, where do you think that Spotify actually helps a person's career? Or do you believe that going through a separate service is actually better than Spotify? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to licensing, right? So, so each one of those those sort of vendors or marketplaces or whatever, they're basically just licensing your music, and it only really is good for you. I mean, obviously Taylor Swift, for example, we all know, had like a bajillion plays and got like a ten thousand dollar check. You know, we don't make any money off of Spotify, um, but if people are listening to our stuff and they come to a show, or they buy some merch online or you know it really depends on how the fans react to it um, and I think that the revenue part of it is totally screwed right now so Spotify should be paying more to the artist um, especially given all the ad revenue they get the, sub, the monthly subscribers all that stuff very true very true and Eric how, how do you feel about the, um, the both of those aspects because the revenue I, thing does yeah. make, make more sense but then there are others that argue that like you know as long as I'm getting my music out there. So I uh, I would actually argue that the revenues are better than what a lot of bigger artists are saying. Like the Taylor Swift, for example, uh, uh, the way that these music royalties uh, get broken down is it's not like, if you're Taylor Swift, if you're me, right? If you're me, you have to split your shit five ways because there are five people in my band. If you're Taylor Swift, you have to split your shit probably like 30 ways. So that $10,000 check is probably closer to about 300,000 or 200, whatever it is, but it's getting split out to uh, to handful of writers, handful of producers, handful of, uh, you know, percentage going here, percentage going there, record label, um, pick, there's a, for a major label song record to come out, there's 40 hands in the pockets. So like, that's why when you see like, I know there was another person who posted, they had like over a hundred thousand plays. It was a guy who made, I want to say he made um, uh, like soundtracks, like movie scores, not soundtracks, movie scores. And his whole thing was like, oh yeah, I only made like a hundred bucks for like a hundred thousand plays. It's bullshit. And it's like, well, you were one of about seven or eight writers on that score. You also only got this small percentage of this percentage of, uh, of the cut of the royalties. Because the royalties are, are performance, ownership, uh, if there's lyrics and vocals, there's that too. It all gets split up. And if you happen to do all of it, then you get a bigger, um, you get a bigger uh, amount that goes in your pocket. Uh, I, my insider knowledge on this, not just from my own band, which we don't have nearly that many plays, but my dad is a famous guitarist. And he is, he's told me point blank, he's like, I don't know why people are complaining. If you wrote everything and you own it all, you get a fair amount. That's the difference. Yeah, I mean, but I think that I think that maybe we should look more at like how we're divvying it up. So if the artist at the end of the day is making less than a booking agent or a manager or whatever, the person that figures out what you're going to cater at the show, it does not make any sense. It's completely backwards. If the talent is not getting that maximum percentage, I think we should completely revamp the so way you're saying it's a bigger issue than just Spotify revenues or whatever it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's the whole way the music industry works of who's getting paid yeah and the thing is like as an artist you know the the whole mon the whole everyone knows it's the starving artist and I feel like 
artists are come into that, come into the whole thing with that mindset that they're supposed to be starving. I completely reject that. With, without the artist, there's no art. And Rick Ross we need to that real bad. We need we need to complete. <laughs> we need to look at it totally differently. And and the problem is that like labels and managers and all these people, they're like vultures going after young, typically young kids that are just excited about potential time on a stage, and they're they're totally taken advantage of. So Neil, what would be the the, the perfect world um, hierarchy that, that that you would institute for? For share for for sure. I would I would I think first of all there's way too many middlemen. I think there's too many people doing things that you really don't need them to be doing, and then taking a cut. Um, but I think it just I don't I don't have the answers for, to all the questions. Like for example, like what kind of middleman are you talking about? Um, I don't, I mean I don't want to get myself in trouble. He just <laughs> got so I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna, gonna say, say tell us about you. Yeah, no, which is a great thing. And there's, no, no, there's no, I wasn't. Really no, 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 I wasn't saying like label. Like labels, they have their job and they do their job and so on and so forth. But I thought, uh, like, they're it, no, labels like, totally do their job. I mean, for example, like we'll get into my stuff in a little bit, but yeah, there but, we have a lot of opportunities now that would not have happened had we not started working with people we really trust. But uh, I know, for example, being a local band, like let, let's take let's take. Neil and back to our roots, being a local band, you have a talent buyer for a big club that, that says, oh, there's this huge band coming into town that everybody knows on the internet. Um, so let's say, hypothetically, it's May, because May is going to do their big destination, un destination tour or whatever, their 10-year anniversary tour. Yeah. What's going to happen is May is not going to sell enough tickets. They're just not, because they're 10 years old now. And, and they haven't been around These promoters... Yet. And, and these promoters are going to reach out to a band with like 15-year-old kids or 16-year-old kids that don't know anything, that just see May online, and then they're forced to sell a couple hundred tickets, and they get like peanuts at the end of the day yeah. for all their hard work and dragging their friends and their family out. Like, or buying the tickets I just don't themselves think, at the Or buying it themselves. Like, to me, it's to such me, that's, a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. To me, that's like an ethical issue. Um, yeah, it is. And we should look, we should look deeper at that. So we're and not every, looking yeah. at, at just like Spotify. We're looking at like the whole aspect of just, just like you know how a scene intertwines with each other. It's actually crazy I mean, I that we're. You can go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I cut you off. All right. Yeah. So uh, it's actually crazy that we're talking about this because for my English class, I just had to write a paper on like all of this. So. Uh, so I actually did like the research and stuff about like how like percentages are divvied up and it seems like really like especially with like major labels and stuff like that it feels like they always end up getting the bigger cut because not only do they get I think like 75% of like whatever is coming in from all the streaming anyway but then they also they take cuts from uh, that the money that would go to like all the writers and stuff like that have to go through them because since they're mm -hmm. sort of employed yeah. under the labels themselves, so definitely it's a lot of that. Not they're not, they're not only getting their own cut, but they're also taking a cut out of what is going to uh, the other people who are like under them. Yeah. and and I think that that sort of like. What the what the issue is, and it's an issue not only just for like band and stuff. I think it's an issue for Spotify because Spotify 
even though they've been making more money lately, it's a very unsustainable business model, and they rely a lot on people wanting uh, to upgrade from free to paid membership. And just with, you know, it, they're really competing against illegal downloads, which is very tough for them because, you know, there's no price cheaper than free. So it's like, you know, expecting yeah, people to really pay anything, you know, is very, is very tough. So they're basically saying, you know, we think that, you know, by giving them access to, you know, this ad with, with you know, free access that they'll want to go and pay for the whole thing when, you know, some, like, you know, 16-year-old kid or whatever will be like, well, why am I going to pay for, you know, Spotify when I could just, you know, listen to it for free or I could illegally download, you know, the new Fall Out Boy album on Mediafire or something like that. So it's a very, I feel like the whole landscape really has to, has to evolve because, with all the way the labels are, uh, with like all the contracts and stuff that are in place right now, it's all very old school. So, yeah, I think that uh, I I, t I totally forget exactly where I was gonna. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what you what what your seventh grade papers? Well, what you're talking about, <laughs> what you're talking about with the labels taking more money, it comes down to those are called 360 deals. And, and um, what they do is, yeah, they got to do it. I mean, if you look at their perspective, if you, if you put yourself in their shoes for a second, it costs a lot of money to put out a record. Like, Somebody you gotta, think of the label. Yeah, I mean, it, it just does. And and the fact is that, like, we as artists, we shot ourselves in the foot, like, 10, 15 years, 10 years, 5, 10 years ago, by starting to give away our music for free because we thought that would be great mm. promotion. But yeah. really what we did is we, we completely devalued we our art. And, and then people expect it to be free. And like you said, there's nothing cheaper than free. And you, and you look at a lot of different other um, art forms. I was in a few different graphic design forms um, way, way back when. A lot of people were, were talking about individuals that will not charge enough or will do it like Fiverr. There are some individuals that will absolutely embrace Fiverr for quick graphic design um, pieces. Like, oh, do you need me to brand your entire your, your your company will get it done within like a few few days a beautiful design for like five dollars whereas quality stuff is actually going to cost you like you know yeah. upwards of 75 to to 100 bucks an hour for someone to actually get some stuff out and then people are going to look at you with like you know nine heads and say like you want me to do what for a hundred what's excuse <laughs> me i'm paying how, how much i can go to fiverr and get something done wait two weeks and for five dollars i now have branding and it is, it, it, as you said before, devaluing at such a long time ago. So it's just it's, That's crazy. it's weird to kind of, yeah. I feel like, because in the, in the past, it's always been uh, younger audiences that spent money on music because they have disposable incomes. I feel like in this day, and so it's always like, oh, you want to skew younger. You want to make music that's going to appeal to younger people. I feel like the people buying music now, because I know for me, there was a long period of my life where I, bought music because it wasn't available online because that wasn't exactly a thing and then there was a period when it was like for me like half of college or I mean half of high school and all of college where I didn't buy a goddamn thing um, but now <laughs> I still will stream or go to YouTube for free or whatever it is um, but I will absolutely if an album comes out and I like it even if I have access to it for free I'm buying it like I'm absolutely buying it mm -hmm. so I was thinking how weird would it be if now if we're looking at who actually buys music, and maybe it's someone who has come and value of, of that kind of thing is someone above the age of 24. 
And so now we should maybe try to skew art to, uh, like, older listeners. Um, so now if we play, like, bebop and shit, we might actually sell some records. As opposed to all this rock rock and pop garbage well, that's I mean, not like, selling. If, if you take a look at to, to all the formats that are coming back, like vinyl, everyone's getting on the vinyl train. And there are, there are a lot of people selling out a lot of their stuff and making their money there. Whereas, like, you know, people stream their stuff for Bay Bandcamp. They'll name their own price, but you can't name because your own price for that exclusive variant. Because it's a conversation piece. No, yeah. Like, there are lots of vinyl heads out there, but a lot of people, the vast majority of people buying vinyl, aren't listening to the vinyl. They're listening to the digital download that comes with it, yeah. and they're hanging the vinyl on their wall so they can point to it whenever anybody comes over, and they're like, yeah, check out this sweet really... vinyl. Look at my vinyl collection. Sorry, that's the most pretentious... Oh, my God. I just, like, ugh. She, she almost, yeah, almost but, threw up again. But, you, but if... If that helps artists actually sell some product, oh great. yeah, then go oh, go ahead. It but it's fun. like, it's like with me, like a lot of my friends, and I don't care if they're watching this or not. They will buy vinyl that's like, oh, I need, I need um first pressing of this, this, and so I'm just like, how about you just want the album on vinyl because it sounds really fucking awesome on vinyl. Like I want to take this to your grave on vinyl. I don't care if it's first pressing or 30th pressing. I won't take this to your grave on vinyl because I want to listen to it on vinyl. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so annoying hearing those people go, well, I need this pressing. I'm just like, I just need it on vinyl. I mean, like, like, I... I can understand where people like, 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 you know, like to collect things. It's kind of like a, some people it's have baseball cards. It's a novelty thing. Some people have baseball cards. Some people have video games. Some people have their yeah. hats. Like me, I, I always wear a hat. Like, yeah, I, I guess. Getting, You're yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a thing that people do. But... So we went from man, hey Sorry. everybody, li li hey guys, we went from literally saying how we can market your band on Spotify and on other platforms to how to market. Period. That is that is how we do things on Dave Talk. We talk about one subject, get to like three different others. Oh my god. No, but with I with know. the whole with oh, the girl, whole girl. okay, no, but with the whole like Spotify stuff and like labels and stuff. I just want to tread lightly just because um because like I'm in the business side, I'm not on the artist side and like I just don't want to say anything to incriminate me. So I kind of just like stood quiet for a little bit. Oh girl, you good. You Yeah. You are fine. But mm -hmm. just saying that incriminate you yourself middle, <laughs> you like probably <laughs> probably. But it could like I I see both sides of things, but like if I say something about the artist that makes me look bad to labels and like, you know. So well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think that there's certainly value in what everybody does, and like yeah. especially if you if you t like Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy is an example of a band that blew up over the span of a year, and that didn't just happen because they jumped around on stage. They had like a ton of people at Fuel by Ramen. Making oh, they that knew happen. exactly what so, they were doing. Yeah, Fuel by Ramen yeah. worked their asses off to make that a hit. Like, that was crazy how... I've, I've never heard of a label, other than throwing a lot of money in, of throwing that much effort into making a band pop. Yep. Accurate completely. And we and it's funny that we all definitely know that era. Like, like that's how that, that that's how hard they worked. That we now remember the Feel by Roman era. But that's what it was. I mean, it was, it was Paramore, and it was The Academy Is, and it was Fall Out Boy, and... You know, Four Years Strong was on there, and mm -hmm. it was All that 2000. Yeah, 2005 was just like it for Fueled by Robin, Panic at the Disco. Yeah, that was that was like their shining year for shit, man. And it, and a lot of those bands, you know, you, I mean, uh, Panic, Fall Boy, and Paramore are still relevant. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they had a lot of good bands on there too that weren't like the biggest bands, but they got the boost just by just by being on that label with you know Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy. You know, you had a. Uh, this Providence, you had Punchline, uh, you had The Swellers, you had uh, October Fall, you know, you had all these different... Oh, the Friday Night Boys, which is a favorite of mine in my bleeding neon pop part, you know, but... I thought they were decayed. Yeah, they kind of had a drive through thing going on. Yeah, and yeah, now I they, feel they, like it's... They had a lot of really quality stuff going on. And I feel like 2015, that's what Pure Noise is doing, like, that's gonna be, that's gonna be the lab- next label that's doing stuff. That's my own opinion. Pure Noise is doing it. Pure Noise is doing it. 2015, Pure Noise Takeover. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. But we're going to switch to some gears, and we're actually going to talk to our guest for tonight, which is Neil from the Great Heights Band. So um, what we do is we kind of go back and forth between our panel. We ask all the questions, and, and you give all the answers, and... If you don't answer within three seconds, we kick you off the show. That's it. That's it. I'll do my best. It's the Budweiser hot seat. Cool. The Budweiser (laughs) hot seat. Sponsored by... Welcome to the Budweiser hot seat. Speaking speaking of making royalties, Budweiser, Budweiser, Budweiser. (laughs) Just like that scene from fucking Wayne's World. Oh, that was great. How we'll do tonight's show is we'll do an order that I see on screen, which will be Alex North, Eric. And then we'll have Shayna, and then I will provide my questions. But I will start off this interview by asking for a general synopsis of who the Great Heights Band was. Where'd you guys start? Why'd you guys start? Let's let's delve into who you guys are. Sure. So the Great Heights Band started um, in my brain, like the winter time of 2013 or so. Um, I started just writing songs in my apartment, and um, in the springtime of last year hit up my buddy Paul, who's a great drummer, he used to drum in uh, a band called You Mean Everyone We Know, um, and we played in a band together in Baltimore as well, and we've just known each other forever. So I hit him up, and we went to the studio and tracked a couple songs. One of those songs was Portland, um, and we just put it on our personal Facebook pages and said, hey, check out some music that we're doing. And people got pretty into it and asked us to make, write some more songs, and so we wrote a few more songs and made an EP. Um, and then around that time, uh, the auto bar hit us up to open up for Hello Goodbye and Vacationer pretty randomly. And so then we were like, crap, we gotta, we got to learn how to play these songs. So uh, then we started, we kind of built the band around that. Um, and things have just sort of rolled since then. It's been crazy. It's been an adventure. All right. All right so awesome. my, que- my question is, uh, your name, the Great Heights Band, what exactly <laughs> does it mean and what... What what is the like the significance of having the band in the band name? Yeah, well, just you know, just to be clear, that we're a band first of all. No, but uh, we were originally called Great Heights, <laughs> just called Great Heights, um, and we we're called Great Heights because uh, one of my main um, songwriter influences is Ben Gibbard, and I was a big, I am a big Death Cab fan and a Postal Service fan, and um, such Great Heights is just a really great song, and so um, wrote I sort of just. Like the, the the meaning of that, like, you know, just taking a step back from reality and just, like, seeing the world for what it is from a from a distance. And it's way more beautiful, as those lyrics say, than it is really on the ground. And so we were called Great Heights. And then, uh, like, like Paris and some other bands, Transit, there was an, another Great Heights uh, out there. And 
actually right uh, when we released Portland and Stay, um, there was a band that popped up on the West Coast uh, that's a Christian band, and they put out like Jesus Love and Music uh, like a week <laughs> before we put out music uh, under the same name, and so they beat us out by a week. Um, and so we went, we were, then the Hello Goodbye thing happened, and I think when we played the Hello Goodbye show, we were still called Great Heights. Um, and then, of course, all this legal stuff with the label, label came up, and we considered changing the name, uh, but really we just we just stuck with the Great Heights band. Our, our friend Tom suggested it uh, from Carry the Banner. He's a really good guy, um, and just grew on us. Stay punk. Don't change for no one. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's another band called the Smith Street Band um, from Australia that's really cool, too. Punk band. So this, uh, this record... Records coming out. It's a full length, correct? Yep. So take us through the process of making this. Just to set it up, you recorded in three different studios over the span of four many studios, months. and right four studios, and right in the middle of all of this, you took like a trip for a while, like across the coast or yeah. across the country. Yeah. Uh, so could you so, tell us like about the process of writing this album, a couple songs at a time? It was crazy. I mean, like we did those first two songs, like I said before, Portland and Stay, and then we uh, and we did those with um, uh, this guy Greg Parker, who has a, a studio in Baltimore called Amp Recording. And Greg's really talented guy, really quick, um, great musician. And then from there, we recorded three more songs with uh, Mike Bridget at a studio called the Monster House in Waldorf, Maryland, and he's done a lot of really cool pop punk records. Um, and so then we had five, and then we we had uh, Mike. Uh, remaster all the songs from, from Greg. So then we had a five-song EP. Then I went out to California. I was in San Francisco for the summer, and I tracked a song out there uh, with my really good friend Eric Erbach um, at Lodeja Studios in, um, in San Francisco. Uh, so then that song got done sort of as like a B-side. Then we got signed, and the label wanted us to put out a full length, but they really wanted Portland to be on the full length, and they really liked a lot of the songs on the EP. Um, so then we're back, back in the studio in Baltimore, uh, and we we, rec we recorded with Eric Taft, who's like you know you know Eric well Eric, <laughs> and uh, Eric, Eric Taft is just like an all around good guy, great engineer, great producer, amazing musician, just like a joy to work with. So all in all, we worked with four different producers, four different studios all across the country, um, had it all remixed, remastered, which was a challenge in itself because every room's different, every. Everybody uses different gear. Everything was recorded differently. Um, so th it was really, really challenging. And then, of course, working with the label, uh, you kind of got to, like, make sure that um, they're getting the product that they wanted, too. So it's been a crazy experience because you, you wind up writing all these songs over the course of a year, um, and it's all supposed to represent one body of work. So it's pretty wild. Okay. Is it my turn? Okay. Uh, so how was... Um the process in getting signed that? So, um, in the spring of earlier this year, in the spring of 2014, I guess, um, we made a music video for Portland, and we wanted to do something really different and unique, and we didn't want to just, like, film a live show or, like, have a party scene as, like, a music video. You know, all that stuff's been done a few times. And so we really wanted to make a one-take one music video um, and I really like uh, the aesthetic of, like, Wes Anderson movies. And so we wanted to make, like, a Wes Anderson sort of one-take music video, and that's what we did with Portland. And it came out awesome. 
um, work with really talented people, which by the way I think is really the, the moral or, of the story is that we've worked with amazing people. Like you, you said before, like paying people for their work, we've paid the right people for their work to make sure we do really cool things. Um, so we made a, the Portland music video, we threw it on the internet, and it got like an absurd response. Um, and then we just started getting emails from different record labels interested in putting out our stuff and started talking to different people. Uh, when I was on the West Coast, I met with some labels and did that. Um, but really the people that, that sold us on, on them really giving a shit about our band and, and wanting to represent us in a really cool way was CI Records um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, they had us come up there in Lancaster and sit down and Jeremy gave us a spiel for hours on end. He's just a charismatic, charming, brilliant guy that's been doing this for like 20 years. And they, um, of course, they put out records that I really love, like uh, Juliana Theory and um, Sensefield, if you're into like that old emo stuff. And then the Pink Spiders, of course, got huge. Um, Texas in July got huge. August Burns Red got huge. So they had like, they had that DIY, DIY punk rock label mentality that I personally love. But they've also had success in the past and have all the stuff in-house to be able to take that band to the next level. So when the Pink Spiders blew up and they were a CI Records band, they wound up being warped toward main stage, like overnight. Wow. And CI had the capacity to deal with it. And so that's sort of like what we were looking at. They didn't want us to be like a one-and-done sort of situation. We could have went like a different route with a bigger label, but... Um, they really want to invest in our future, and that was really exciting. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. I mean, like, going from what you guys had before and then just, like, getting a lot of notoriety for, especially the, the, the video, and I love the video once I watched it. I was like, I can see why you would get the absurd amount. It was very well produced. The song was beautiful and catchy, and it was, and it was a fresh take. That's probably um, hands down the best local video I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. Like, no exaggeration. Yeah, <laughs> which was really... Cool, because when, when I first got that, so Jeremy and I are emailing back and forth or whatever, and I'm like, okay, this random guy, whatever. So then he calls me, and, and, um, and, he, and he gives us his pitch on the phone, and that was what he said is, over t in the last 20 years, it's the best independently produced music video he's ever seen. Um, and that was such a compliment, especially coming from someone like that, that's like done basically everything there is to do in music. Yeah, and then that and that's nowhere near anyone blowing smoke up your ass. That's like some actual shit from like coming from people. So taking what 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 you guys had, getting something really well well produced, and not having too much under your guys' belt. What do you guys think of like your of like where you guys are at now, like as far as your band goes, like like has it, like, I honestly. You know, like, go on. Uh, I, I mean, I I honestly think that we are incredibly blessed and fortunate. Uh, there's people that have worked way harder than we have worked for men much longer than we've worked and a lot of it comes down to really good luck like we got really really lucky and um, and of course like we focused our energy on the music and the stuff that really mattered the music and the, the product the video product not so much on like Facebook likes and things like that um, and so yeah, we're really excited about where we're going. We haven't really done much, <laughs> which is really funny in terms of where we are today. Um, but we have a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. We're going to be doing a tour in April. Um, we're going to be opening up for Alien Ant Farm in April, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, they, they've been, uh, Baltimore's a big, is it in Baltimore? 
Yeah. No, no, no. We're playing the festivals in uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. They they have a big uh, East Coast, specifically around Baltimore area. Like, Mar- they come here a lot. They're fucking... Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they play... Oh, we'll talk about it later, but man, yeah, you could open up for them, like, every six months if you wanted to, probably. Just from being from Baltimore, yeah. yeah no, I mean, like, honestly, it's been so great um, getting as much support as we've had, like, locally and in the community. Because there's so many great musicians and great artists here, and to have like mutual respect and have that sort of like community feeling is just really cool. So, and of course, right, we so try not to be jerks. We try to be cool people. <laughs> <laughs> we Neil, don't want you guys becoming a nuisance story. Neil comes to local shows, just pisses everywhere. It's just real. <laughs> just, it's like, real. Just he wears a suit everyone. too. It's jarring. <laughs> it's jarring. Did you say jarring? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's jarring. It's jarring. Based on a whole new show, show now. We're using big ass words and shit. Big ass words? <laughs> big ass words. That's, that's an ING on a three letter word. Alright, so. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna ask you about the cover that you just put out. I think it was like yesterday. Uh, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. Yeah, a couple yeah. days, Alex. Read a book. <laughs> oh, well, according to the band camp, it says February 17th, but what do I know? Damn. We, um, we put it out, yeah, no, we put it out last week. Um, CI put it out via YouTube, and then uh, we just put it up for free download yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so... Yeah. You win some, you lose some. But, uh, <laughs> so you decided to cover uh, Love Fool by the Cardigans, which is one of those, like, 90s songs where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know that song, but it's like you don't really, like... like, like I, Are you saying it's kind of random? <laughs> yeah, like, 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 what was your... Uh, like mindset in choosing that song in particular to cover and are there any other like weird 90s pop songs that you're a fan of that you would be open to covering in the in in the future so um i hope you come out to a show first of all because every show we play we play 90s covers we like (laughs) 90s songs they're really fun um and they're really simple (laughs) yeah Uh, but love fool love love fool is just like it's a great song. It's really catchy. Um, the way she sings it is like sad but sexy. Uh, it's, it has some cool musical changes. So it has a, it has key changes in there. Um, in our cover, we do a tempo change, which is cool. Um, but but of course, we also put it out around Valentine's Day. So we wanted to do a Valentine's Day song um, that people could get into. And originally, I wanted to do a Get Up Kids song. I wanted to do uh, Valentine's Valentine Day. by the Get Up Kids. <laughs> um, but that song was like just a little too sad and like I didn't think that enough people would really know the song um, and I guess the market we're getting into is a little bit more mainstream if you will like not so much just the warp Tour punk rock community we're sort of like going into more of a Weezer sort of uh, place and so um, and also Lynette who's our other singer in the band just has an f- amazing voice and we wanted to do more stuff that could feature her Cool. So for this this record's interesting because it's also coming out after you put out some of the songs from it on an EP. Um, so for a fair amount of people, they've gotten used to your sound as in those five songs on the EP. 
Um, what can people look forward to or expect from this full-length record that may deviate a little bit from the image that they already have of you based on that EP? Um, well, I mean, it's an 11-song uh, record. Five of the songs are the songs off the EP. So you'll still get a good chunk of, of EP sort of stuff. Um, I would say that, that what makes our band unique is that we have some songs that are kind of like a Weezer, Ozma sort of thing with keyboards Ozma. and like, uh, you know, just really like cheesy but fun sort of lyrics and stuff like that. Um, but then we have like more, I would say, um, as far as musicianship goes, more interesting songs going on. So um, songs that were more inspired by Death Cab for Cutie or um, by uh, Third Eye Blind is a big, big 90s thing for me. I love Third Eye Blind, but like Stephen Jenkins is a great songwriter. I'm not even talking about like Semi-Charmed Life. I'm talking about Motorcycle Drive-By maybe. Song, well, of songs course that, you're talking about Motorcycle songs that <laughs> Songs that aren't like, you know, the song, but like songs that I listened to growing up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's enough on there that's like, holy shit, Portland's catchy and I love this song and it makes me like, want to drive to the beach, but then there's stuff that's like a little bit more introspective and, uh, and really, really personal. Be being able to balance the, the, the two in there, like, like, you know, going from like all oh, really catchy thing and being like, oh, here's actually like, 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 you know, uh, an honest band. You, you're able to, to, to catch what music is and it, it, I'm saying it out loud and it sounds really stupid but like it's it's working its way in my brain as to like you know tr translate um because that's because that's what people really look for in albums they're they're all they're looking for something that they can dance to that they can move to and then also be able to look inside of an artist's eye and be like oh shit like now I'm actually able to really appreciate music because now we're getting a sense of who you guys actually are exactly and I mean there's songs that are catchy pop songs you know, they're supposed to be catchy pop songs that you're supposed to have fun with. You know, music's about evoking emotions and getting people to enjoy their life or have some sort of connection with the music, have them relate to it. And uh, some songs are meant to just have fun with, and some songs are meant to be a little bit more connected with. You know, like, for example, um, I keep going back to Death Cab because I love Death Cab, but like, what Sarah says. Not my most favorite song, but it's a song that might make someone like think about standing, sitting next to someone on their deathbed and having that moment, you know. Um, and so that's what that's what we're trying to do. A little bit of everything. It's about balance. Yeah, and you guys are doing a kick-ass job finding find that balance so far. Thank you. My turn. <laughs> yes, Shane, that's your turn. So I just I don't know if everyone <laughs> stopped. Okay, so you said you guys were going. On tour um, near April, is this going to be like a full U.S. tour or East Coast thing, Midwest, West Coast? What's do you have any idea? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, um, <laughs> you know where you guys are going. <laughs> yeah, we'll work it out. Um, so, so the festival that we're playing is called the Launch Music Festival, or I think actually Launch Music Conference, and it's a conference because they they have the actual concerts but they also have panelists and really cool speakers coming. So like Kevin Lyman from Warp Tour is coming and some other VIPs. Yeah, it's a big deal. And, um, and, and they have some like really huge headliners playing. But the tour we're doing is branded like the festival. And this is like new information. We haven't even put this out there. So, so you kind of have an exclusive right now. But 
It's the um, it's the launch tour 2015, and the tour itself is a couple of months, um, but we're only on like eight days or so, and we're going from our first date starts in Atlanta, so we go up from Atlanta, up the coast. We're gonna play a hometown show in Baltimore, um, and then we're gonna go as west as like Chicago and Detroit, like the Midwest, and then we'll be coming home. Cool. Stopping in Philly. You know, they gave me the routing, which doesn't really give me the actual dates. It's more like a guess of where we're going to be, and Philly wasn't on there. I think they had Pittsburgh, and, and uh, they had, I don't know. Such I think as New life. York might be on it. Yeah. Oh, that I can do. I mean, I could do Baltimore, too, actually. We're just going right, to be like, Shanna, me, me and you are just going to be like doing like a Baltimore like trip like every other weekend. <laughs> there we go. Whatever. Can you, can can you call me when you're here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Eric, we can. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But so, um, my, my, my question actually is, is more and more toward, towards you, and um, as an artist in yourself, what did I actually want to get you into music? I know you have a lot of musical influences, and did any of them serve a purpose as to you learning an instrument, or wanting to get into songwriting, or was it just like, like you know, something that's just like, Roop, I want to play a fucking guitar. <laughs> um, well, clearly it was the chicks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what else do you like uh... for? <laughs> My, um, growing up, my dad was a huge influence on me, and he bought my first guitar uh, for me when I was a pretty much a very little, small child. But um, he used to make me listen to records with him uh, for about three hours every day, uh, just sit there and listen to records. Everything from the Beatles and Hendrix to Stevie Ray Vaughan to Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong to uh, ABBA to... You know, and everything, you name it, um, I, I listened to that growing up. And, and really, I guess the way it made me feel as a kid made me feel freaking awesome or really sad or really good or whatever. Um, and uh, I just sort of really loved the way, you know, John Lennon and, and all those guys really wrote, wrote music. Eric Clapton, Cream, was a huge, huge influence. Um, but then when I first heard... Uh, Blink-182 Dude Ranch, like as I was like an angst-riddled teenager. Um, that really got me stoked on, on like really being a performer. That came out when we were um, 11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was into it. Um, and it was actually a CD that my, uh, my cousin who got into country music like, was like, ah, this is good, I'm just not into it anymore. And I was like, okay. And that completely changed but, my life. But it was so. called Dude Ranch. I know. I, I, the, I, the irony hurts. It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, it was just fun, fast, got you pumped, yeah. um, and it and it was just like you know, I felt I always felt sort of like I didn't fit in all the time in school and all that, and I felt like that kind of music just really fit me, and the people I wound up hanging out with were into that kind of music too. And then I became a punk asshole, so here we go. Guy, <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. Write that on my gravestone, punk asshole. <laughs> it's perfect. So before I ask this question, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Ashley Nicole, who always asks this question to everybody who comes on the show. Uh, what is something that somebody can do within the scene? Oh, shit. I forgot the question. Like, like, like Alex, somebody help I, me out I, here. I, I got you. Um, individuals like myself, Shada, Alex, we're not really musically inclined. Inclined. We were musically illiterate. We just listen to music and be like, "Oh, that sounds cool." Let me play it again. But for for an artist like, like yourself, what are we able to do to kind of stay involved in our scene? 
I mean, you're, well, you guys are doing it, obviously, with this I mean, podcast besides, awesome. or uh, whatever, <laughs> this thing. But um, I mean, <laughs> start a podcast tomorrow. it's really just go, <laughs> like, honestly, it's going to shows because when you go to a, a show and, well, first of all, as a musician, when you're on stage and no one's there or people aren't into it, it sucks. You're like, why, 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 why are we doing this? But when people are there, you get stoked and you start building friendships and it's beyond like a fan musician relationship it's really friendships especially when you're at like a pretty low level on the totem pole um so yeah really going to shows and just showing people that you support them and like give a fuck about what they're doing is a big step um and then like spending the 10 bucks on a t-shirt like really makes a difference um and then of course spreading the word it's telling people about uh, artists in your community that you think are really good that deserve some attention um that's really really helpful Thanks for your assist there, Ollie. Yeah. All right, no, yeah, no problem. I got you. Swoosh. Eric, you got another question? So I was going to say it is 10.15, and I want to make sure we play uh, Portland. Um, so does anybody have, like, a final question they're dying to get out? Yes, actually, because I want you to know the um, dynamic on how you were. Paul was your drummer that, that you brought on. How were you actually able to find your other band, band members and, like, say, like, yes, we want this? Yeah, so... Um... I've played in bands with Paul before. Um, he obviously plays drums, and so he was he was an easy choice to play drums. Uh, and then Owen, I played in a band with before. Um, and basically, I just picked people that I've been in bands with before that were easy to work with and tolerable and cool people and just really good friends and good musicians. Um, because unfortunately, I've been in bands with really talented people. Um, but we're also crazy, and they're impossible to work with. <laughs> uh, so as is the life of a musician. <laughs> yeah. So so we so I focus on people that like I can have fun with, and I can communicate with easily, and, and not have any like major issues with. And then of course Lynette, I've known for a long time, and she's a classically trained pianist and singer. Um, so she was an easy choice because I wanted a female that can do some cool stuff too. Nice. That that, that that's well. how you get it done. Um, I'm going to prep um, Portland, and I will give a intro. Well, I won't give an intro. Neil, I'll actually give the intro, but someone make small talk while I get that going. Hey, guys. How's so, life? So what, are you, so what are you doing? What are you doing later, Neil? <laughs> I was going to go to like, Autobar. Oh, you're going to go see In Your Memory? I think they already played, and I was going to meet our boy uh, Eric Taft, but I think, I think he got scared of the snow. Uh, yeah, I, I am too. But you know, I'm also house housebound, dude. What's really cool when you were talking about all the producers you worked with um, is that uh, a place in time has worked with three of them. <laughs> That's funny. And I, I've worked awesome, with three of them as well. But yeah, not on the same record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A place in time is so good. Yeah, we had Joel on here out. a while ago. I love Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel, oh my God, Joel. good guy, good guy. Joel has hand motions whenever he points. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's so been I, like, like it's been weird doing all, all the the whole record in four studios. But if you look at like, if you look at like Weezer's Pinkerton record, that was done in like seven studios. You know, that that whole record is weird as shit. They wrote it because he's in a cast and he had to play everything in standard on the first. Yeah, four yeah. that's right. Um, but it was really cool because you get to work with different people and they sort of put their own spin on things and. It's interesting how when it's all said and done, it all really came together into one cohesive piece of art, you know? I think it's awesome that you work with so many people. 
I love it. Like, that's one thing I really want to do. I guess going back to Alex's original question about the Great Heights band, one thing I've really always wanted to do is work with a bunch of different artists. And so I'm going to continue to, like, like I hope to be on Eric's next rap album if he wants to give me a, a cameo appearance. With, dude, yeah. with your headphones, you're already on it. <laughs> <laughs> Got the productions going. Yeah, right, so... I didn't mean to cut off, and I did. <laughs> Let's play that jam. All right, yeah, so, Neil, give an intro for, for, for Portland. I know you were discussing it earlier tonight, but, but you can give, like, one final intro before we start playing. Yeah, this song's called uh, Portland. It'll be on our, our debut full-length record, and I guess it was sort of our first hit, if you want to call it that. All right, so here we go. Portland by Great Oregon Heights Band. I saw you waiting by the door I always wondered what you're waiting for You were depressed, I guess, a mess Searching for another shore I saw you packing all your bags Didn't know that I was such a drag To hear it from your friends How you thought I was a dead end You know we could have talked
by the Great Heights Band. Eric, I saw you with the little hearts. I couldn't showcase it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And a little cat-like thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. I was like, that was, that was adorbs. That was absolutely yeah, horrible. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody, Neil from Great Heights. It was awesome Thanks talking so to you Thanks so much, tonight. dude. Thank you. It was, was fun. awesome. It was absolutely fun. This is what we love to do. And so, hey, um, yeah. You guys got to come to that Baltimore show. We'll hang out. We'll throw a few back. It'll be chill. I, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. We absolutely will because that's what I do. We'll definitely take the trip down, and if Alex wants to come down, we can all meet near me and drive down. Hey. Hey, we want some fun, pop punk posse times. Hey. <laughs> so we have to look, look forward to your full length. We have to look forward to a, to a tour that's going to go places in April. Um, a few festivals lined for you guys, and you guys have just been signed. Looks like it's going to be a pretty chip for 2015 for you guys. Huh? It'll be fun. It's going to be an interesting year. It will be. It will be fun. Is there any news that we're that we're missing, or do we do we cover everything tonight? Uh, you pretty much covered it, but I, I would I would keep uh, keep an eye on us. There's some other things going on. All right, we definitely will. Keep keep an eye out for Great Heights Band for the rest of the year. Congratulations for them getting signed. We will, of course, be passing on any news um, that we hear to everybody uh, um, that reads or listens to BabeTalk.tv. Um, um, if you guys have anything to share, always just come, come to us. We will always put a word out. Um, and from everybody here at Babe Talk, this is where we're going to end the show. From Alex, Eric, Shayna, and myself, Neil, thank you again. Thank you. And everybody, Bye. enjoy the rest Bye. of your day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>